0: Welcome to Kentucky Horsepower, the official podcast of the Kentucky Automobile Dealers Association. Well, hi and welcome everyone. This is Jason Wilson, president of KADA, and I'd like to welcome you all to Kentucky Horsepower, the official podcast of KADA. And joining me today are some good friends of ours, especially over the last three months here in the in what was a short session, uh, and that is Tom and Ryan Underwood uh, of the Rotunda Group. Tom is a third generation lobbyist and has been working on behalf of KDA for about the last eight years. And his son, Ryan, would be then a fourth generation lobbyist and uh, also was a big help to us in this legislative session. So gentlemen, thank you for being here with us today. I know it's been a crazy few months. Uh, and I appreciate you making some time for us and our members today.
1: Oh, no, glad to do it. Thanks, Jason.
0: All right. Well, let's just let's jump into sort of the main thing, uh, before we get into some, some of the specific bills that we were looking at, this was a very unique year. This was really different from, uh, obviously, it was all new to me, being new to the state and my first time uh, heading into Frankfurt. But share your perspective, I guess, as far as how different this was, as you all have been doing this for years and years. What was this session like just to be able to meet with folks, talk with people? What were some of the challenges uh, that was unique to this year?
1: Well, I, I don't think I'd call it quite dumpster fire, but uh, it wasn't far off. Uh, with COVID-19, of course, we were locked out of the Capitol building effectively and couldn't get in to talk to legislators of course, nobody else could either. But uh, happily, we uh, found a way in. Ryan got us in to see a whole lot of legislators uh, with a little sleight of hand. And, and so we were able to get some face-to-face time. But it's been a different experience for lobbyists this year. No question about it.
0: It has. Now, assuming things get back to normal uh, or a new normal next, next year, um, do you see some of these things that have been adapted or used this year uh, being used in the future? Do you think we'll continue to do Zoom meetings with legislators or uh, do you think most will still want to meet in person? How do you see that going?
1: I think Zoom meetings are here to stay. Of course, uh, meeting one-on-one with constituents is a, is an important thing for the legislators. So those that come to Frankfurt will find that those meetings will uh, be available to them. I think next year, Ryan, what are
2: your thoughts? I, I would agree with that. I think uh, you know, provided we get back to a new normal, I think a lot of legislators, especially the ones that have been there even a short time, understand the value of those kind of hallway meetings. Um, the, uh, the meetings that you get, you know, five minutes before and after a committee meeting, just kind of standing off to the side. You know, having the scheduled meetings or doing them via Zoom is great, but it's that personal, you know, relationship that you develop by being in the building. And I think a lot of the, you know, more tenured legislators definitely miss that. Um, and I think they see the value in it. And I think that's, you'll see more of that. But again, yes, it will be, it will be hybrid. I think so in the committee meetings too, they'll be able to do that.
1: I think it'll be exciting for the uh, new freshmen that came in this year that had the public locked out to come in when there are thousands of people to, uh, demanding to see them, whether it's doctors groups or the uh, transgender group or uh, any number of different uh, opportunities for them to interact with the public.
0: Yeah, they, it will definitely be a change. I will say um, I, I personally appreciate y'all's efforts as as we had a lot of meetings early on before things really got ramped up. So uh, I appreciate being able to make those introductions. One of the things that struck me is, uh, and of course, they're all new faces to me. But, but there are a lot of new faces in the legislature and a lot of young legislators that have uh, that have come in. Uh, speak to that for a moment. How has how has the makeup of the House and Senate changed over the last few years?
2: Well, it's it's interesting you ask that question. Um, Since the 2016 election to this most recent election, there have been an average of 29 new House members per election cycle. Uh, This year we had 26, two Democrats, uh, 24 Republicans. And again, you're right, a lot of these these fellows are are younger, Um, you know, early 40s, all the way down to early 30s. And with that, you get a lot of new ideas. you know, it's the turnover has created a lot of energy towards trying to do things in a different way.
1: Yeah. The other side of that is though a lot of institutional memory has been lost over the last uh, few election cycles. So we're having to go back and reintroduce ourselves and reintroduce our clients so that they understand the issues are there. And that's where it's critical for the folks back home to be making those relationships with the legislators.
0: Yep, for sure. And that's something we'll definitely be working on. And what I'll refer to as the off season, uh, spend some time developing those relationships, setting up some legislator visits to dealerships and, uh, making sure we have good uh, introductions and familiarity with our members and the appropriate legislators. So, well, with that, let's jump into some of the bills that, uh, uh, kept everyone up at night a little bit kept the squirming at times and uh certainly kept things interesting and we'll start with house bill 278 uh the ppp bill and and, and tom I'll, I'll one of the things i want you to speak to is uh one of my memories of first these very early sessions is just letting the legislators know hey this is something you're going to have to deal with and it was a surprise to folks so let's take us through that bill a little bit and uh and again, a shout out to Representative Flannery, who I think did a, just a great job of ushering that through. He was very impressive in, in his presentation and making, making the case needed on the PPP bill.
1: Yeah, the uh, PPP bill, uh, 278, what the background on it is, is that the income, the income from a uh, forgiven PPP loan is not taxable, either on the federal or state level right before Christmas, the federal government made the expenses you paid with those proceeds deductible. Kentucky did not. And when we came in, the uh, Revenue Cabinet had already put guidance buried three pages deep on their uh, website saying that those expenses were not deductible. And essentially what it did then is it made the money from the PPP loan taxable income. Uh, Yes, when we went in and started talking to uh, key people in the legislature, and I brought this up, uh, jaws were hitting the desk because they hadn't thought about this at all. But uh, happily, uh, Representative Patrick Flannery, who, by the way, is a freshman. This was his first session and he took this ball and ran with it and he saved businesses across Kentucky millions of dollars in state taxes with this bill we did get an emergency clause on it so it took effect upon the governor's signature and so the 2020 tax returns will be able to have those expenses come out of their gross gross profits
0: yeah obviously hugely beneficial to uh, our dealers and to your point businesses throughout the state. Uh, that would have been a really tough situation to deal with. So thankfully that went through and really overwhelmingly, uh, if I recall, it so, was both the house and the Senate. Uh, I don't think there was anybody wanting to stand out on that Island and, uh, have to deliver this sort of negative news potentially to, uh, business owners across the state.
1: Yes, it was surprising. I think even the capital ma- uh, maintenance staff got up and voted for it. So it, uh, it passed overwhelmingly.
0: So uh, very good. I we were, uh, and to all of our members uh, watching that, that sent emails or made phone calls, all that stuff matters. And we'll speak to that even a little bit more as we uh, go through this. So let's let's move on to House Bill 475, uh, the OSHA bill, if you will. Tell us a little bit about that and uh, how that shook out.
1: That's a bill we've been working on for years. And what the bill says is, is that Kentucky State OSHA requirements cannot be more stringent than federal standards. And that will block the labor cabinet from suddenly deciding that everyone that is using a tire changing machine has to wear a hard hat and shoulder length gloves. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we get a consistency then across the regulations that apply to the workplaces. So that's going to be a great bill. And a big shout out to Representative Walker Thomas from down in Hopkinsville, who took that one and took it all the way over the finish line. In fact, it was vetoed and the uh, General Assembly had to override the veto to make sure that this happened.
0: As they did a number of them. I think they overrode most, uh, every one ex- save one, right, was overridden, all the governor's vetoes. Is that Yes. Yeah. So they were busy with that for sure. Um, well, good. That's obviously another uh, another good good bill for, for our dealer's perspective. And then let's talk a little bit of uh, Motor Vehicle Commission, Senate Bill 131, House Bill 249. Let's chat about that a little bit.
1: Yes. uh, The Motor Vehicle Commission came to KADA and asking for support on the ability to increase the fees that they charge. Now, keep in mind, nobody likes increased fees, but it'd been 40 years since there'd been an increase in Motor Vehicle Commission license fees.
0: Reagan Uh, was president at the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and uh, I actually think that uh, their data system is built out of uh, Tinker Toys, And uh, hopelessly out of date, they have uh, inspector positions that are unfilled. Uh, Operations were becoming nearly impossible for them. So we did work with the uh, uh, Motor Vehicle Commission, the shout out to Ray Cottrell Jr. for uh, being our point person working on this legislation. And uh, it's in two different bills because I think we over lobbied it. We wanted to make sure that it got through. So it uh, it was a bill so nice, we sent it twice.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: Shout outs there too to uh, Senator Brandon Storm, a freshman from London, Kentucky. Uh, Representative Ken Upchurch was absolutely critical to us. Uh, he's from Monticello. Uh, Senator Jimmy Higdon from Lebanon was a big help. And so was uh, State Representative Jason Petrie.
0: Good, all, all good. And to your point, again, nobody likes the increases, but the fact of the matter is the uh, MVC would essentially have not been able to sustain itself with without a change it had to happen it's long overdue and in talking to members of our executive committee uh and again this has been discussed before and brought up by uh ray Cottrell as you mentioned uh within our board the decision was made to be supportive of that and uh, again that's a good thing we need a solvent motor vehicle commission and this uh will ensure that that's the case so we can start filling some of those empty positions that need to be filled uh, that's that's so important so all right well that's the good stuff right we talked about some let's talk about some of the bad stuff let's talk about um bad unfortunately bad in the sense that it's not moving forward but it's important to let people know i think what what's out there and to speak on that a little bit so let's talk about house bill 407 the consumer protections uh, for motor vehicle financing which is a hot topic nationally as well so speak to that a little bit if you could Well,
1: since you said 407, I felt a shiver up my spine because this is a really bad bill for dealers. And what the bill would have done was prohibit dealers from getting any kind of compensation for arranging third-party financing. And that's a big deal in the F&I office, of course. Uh, we were a little uh, surprised to see this bill get introduced. We weren't surprised to see that we were able to make sure that it didn't even get a hearing. Right. But that uh, that was a gift to the dealers from Representative Lisa Wilner from in Louisville. Uh, so Louisville dealers uh, need to take note of that and make sure that they uh, understand that that was floated out there.
0: Yeah, and to your point, I mean that's just a scary bill. Uh, and again, it, it's part of the national dialogue that's going on with some of these consumer advocacy groups that are lobbying for these type of changes and these, these types not being able to charge, the, you know, for deals to make money in that F&I office. And it's, a, it's across the board, so it's something we're going to have to be very wary of, vigilant of, but thankfully this was killed quickly and uh, did not see the light of day and uh, obviously appreciate your work on that. And then let's move to the other bill that we had a lot of folks involved with. We had a, uh, and again, to those of you watching who made the calls, you all answered the call. You made phone calls, you, made, you wrote emails, your voices were heard loudly. I got a number of emails back from various legislators uh, saying, we hear you, we hear you. So, and this is House <laughs> Bill 561, uh, the gas tax, and of course, the trade-in tax credit. Tom, let's speak to that a little bit and talk about how that ended up where it ended up.
1: Well, that's, that's a bill that was around uh, last year, and it came back to haunt us again this year. And what they the bill included was a limitation on the uh, uh, trade-in tax credit, which there currently isn't a cap on that. Uh, we worked really hard on that bill. Um, it went down to the wire till midnight on the last night uh, to whether that bill was going to live or die. And ultimately the entire bill collapsed. Uh, We were up against 42 groups that were supporting this legislation. Mm -hmm. And uh, we worked a lot on this bill. And without the phone calls from dealers, we would have had a hard time stopping this flood from coming across us. It was absolutely a phenomenal effort and kudos out there to everybody that picked up the phone and called.
0: Yeah, it, it, it really was that could have that could have gone to your point very differently. Uh, hopefully now this this zombie that is the uh, trade and tax credit is finally gone and we won't see it again. But to your point, there were a lot of organizations for this. And uh, again, without our dealers uh, support and voices being sent out there and timely. That was the other part. You and I and Ryan were all talking a lot during this time and having the need to get things out quickly. Uh, so, again, thank you for everybody uh, on doing that. So we are glad to see that go bye-bye and um, live to fight another day or not at all, hopefully on that one. Now let's let's sort of move under the more work to do. And this is uh, an item that's near and dear to my heart. And I know our dealers are really ready to move forward as are um, a lot of other associations and their respective members as well. Let's let's speak about the modernization of the county clerk operations, e-titling. Let's talk about that a little bit. and. Uh, talk about what happened and then you know what what next steps would be
1: okay well uh last year in 2020 there was a task force that was working with the county clerk's office uh, on issues related to modernization of their operations unfortunately kada was not included in that task force but we have joined a coalition with the mortgage lenders with the bankers uh land title land title uh it's it a huge coalition, probably what, 15, 20 20 groups are involved in it now. And that's been very beneficial being a part of that coalition. So they're working on getting the task force reappointed for this year with KADA having seats on that, along with a couple of other groups that weren't involved. And there really is a strong movement toward causing this to happen. Uh, We met with legislators. There were three different bills that were put in supporting this effort. And uh, people are tired of the county clerks just saying, no, I don't want to. And the movement is going to be toward uh, the coalition will be asking for a portion of the uh, federal funds coming in to be allocated to software and digitizing of uh, records for the county clerks. And so at this point, if we say, okay, we're going to pay for everything you need to do, we're going to make you do less work, right? why are you against this? And there is a movement among the clerks there. A lot of them are ready to move forward, that they are uh, doing things inside their own offices with software suites. And I think there's an opportunity. The transportation cabinet is supportive of going to an e-titling system. Um, The clerks are the uh, speed bump, if you will, that's in the way. But uh, I think that they wore out their welcome, uh, certainly in front of committee the chairman of the committee admonished them uh, that they better get together and get on board. Uh, and we've got real shout outs there. Uh, State, Rep- State Senator Steve West and freshman Senator Jason Howell. Steve West is from Paris and Jason Howell's from Murray, Kentucky, stepped up strong on this. Uh, they really went to war on this thing. And Senator Whitney Westerfield, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, made it very clear that we would be more moving forward at least into the 20th century, sometime very soon. Um, Representative Joe Fisher from Fort Thomas was uh, instrumental in last year's task force and the filing two different bills on behalf of the coalition. Uh, so we have folks that are working with us. We've got uh, assistance. And we're looking forward to uh, Senator Julie Rocky Adams from Louisville and State Representative Suzanne Mile from Owensboro are the ones that are going to be in charge on setting up all the task force this coming year. So we'll be uh, a part of a coalition letter asking for that task force to get set up. And we're going to urge some folks to uh, make a phone call to those two, uh, two officials to get this thing moved forward so we can start working on something.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I just I just saw that letter actually just came across today. And, uh, folks, it has been really good for us to be part of this larger coalition that represents about 800,000 uh, folks throughout the Commonwealth are, 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 are part of this. Or is it 80,000? I might have my numbers mixed up here.
1: I like the sound 800. I like 800.
0: That sounds good.
1: Second but, liar's late. Yeah. Just pick a number.
0: Needless to say, it represents a lot of folks who have an interest in, in moving this forward and uh um you know in 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 addressing the uh the committee and and listening to their feedback it was very clear that the temperature in that room was enough with these excuses uh it's it is time to move forward and uh we'll keep after it for sure and certainly appreciate your your help on that well Uh, i'd
1: like to say too jason did a great job in front of that committee doing testimony so uh he stepped up strong and and went went to it, so.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I will share a quick funny story on that, so we're walking over there, and I said, Tom, you know, this is my first go around at this. I'd like to go second or third, so I could see how things are going, and we're at the, at his office right across the the, uh, the Capitol before we walked over, and then I had a phone call from Dick Heaton that came in as we were talking about this uh, trade and tax gap. He's making a bunch of phone calls. was giving me an update. I'd leave the room, so we walk over, not thinking anything of it, and said, well, you left the room, so you're going first. So there we go. But uh,
1: <laughs> never miss a meeting. Yeah.
0: N- never miss a meeting. But it all worked out. It was a good experience. And again, the, the um, to your point earlier, Senator Jason Howell, who was uh, sitting in front of that committee, really, uh, expect, again, another freshman. We're talking about some of these freshmen folks stepping up and not, not taking uh, bills up to uh, change the n- name of a road or something like that. But these are big initiatives. And uh, we very much appreciate their help and looking out for us and the entire group. So I think that's a that's a good recap of, of what went down um, as we look forward and think about things on the horizon. I mean, uh, is there anything that, um, uh, you know, we know we need to keep an eye out for these various consumer protection advocacy type bills that may look to the rear their head again. And any, anything else from your perspective that we need to keep an eye on or be vigilant about, uh, you know, moving forward? Well, as
1: always, we're going to have to watch out for direct sales. Yeah. Uh, that is always a problem. So we'll have to basically guard our franchise protection laws and make sure that uh, we have the opportunity for dealers to be able to work with manufacturers to on behalf of consumers. And that's what needs to happen rather than direct sales. Yeah. Um, we're going to see a big push out of uh, Washington on electric vehicles and electric infrastructure. If you saw the amounts of money that are about to be thrown around on that. It's it's huge. Um, We're gonna see a lot of infrastructure work on roads and bridges. So uh, that actually will be a good thing. It'll cut down on some labor in the uh, repair department probably, but uh, it's good for consumers to have those good roads.
0: Yep, for sure. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on all those things, of course. And uh, thank you both for all of your help. Uh, Ryan was instrumental in helping us get get these meetings when we were able to get them. Uh, especially helpful to have a guy younger than Tom and myself to talk to some of these younger legislators. That's, that's a part of this scenario that is, is helpful. So I feel like we had a really good showing this go around. I thank you for y'all's tireless work and uh, look forward to uh, working with you in the future. So with that, I appreciate y'all being with us today and giving us this, this recap. As, as mentioned at the onset, this is the first of what will be a series of podcasts that we will do here from KADA throughout the course of the year. And we've, uh, again, named it Kentucky Horsepower. We thought that was appropriate. And this will be a place where we bring you extended dialogue, extended information, and things that we feel that uh, you'll want to know about and that you'll find to be important. So with that, we will see you down the road. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you.